If there's one thing I've learned from seven years of coaching pastors and 15 years of preaching myself, it is this. There is nothing, almost nothing more important than your outline when it comes to creating a powerful message. Your outline is the structure. It is the foundation. It is the skeleton that everything else is built on. And if you don't have a good outline and it's not structured well, then you're not going to have a good sermon. That's just the way it is. It's going to be aimless. It's going to be uh, people. It's going to be meandering. It's going to be wandering, and people are going to wonder and think to themselves, "What's the point of this?" You have to have an outline. In this episode, episode 85, we are now we are now an octogenarian geriatric podcast. 85 episodes. But in this episode, we are going to talk about my four-step process for creating a compelling outline. And before we get to that, I just want to mention, if you go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, you can pick up my free guide to creating killer sermons, my 21 day guide. And in that guide, there are, there, there's, this is built out even more on how to do an outline. So go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, pick up that guide. It's free and it will walk you through this process and how to study in this way. So preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, four-step guide to outlining sermons. Here, here it is. I wrote this back in April of 2015 and then ended up including this process in my book and in my course, but I'm going to share it with you here. Recently, I received a question. Well, seven years ago, I received a question regarding how I outline my sermons and what I use for notes when I preach. I want to share his question and my answer with you. He wrote, good morning, Lane. First off, I want to thank you for all the work you put into the blog and podcast. Thank you. You're you're quite welcome. I've personally found a lot of content very helpful. I preach on close to a monthly basis, and I'm volunteer youth leader, so I teach youth on a monthly basis as well. I was interested in learning more about your method of outlining your sermon. I've been following a manuscript method because that's how I learned. However, I find I never really stay on it and have a difficult time finding my place afterward. So my question is, what do you find to be the most useful outlining method? What do you take into the pulpit with you? Also, do you have an example of your outline you preach from? Thanks. I appreciate this question because I'm always curious when I watch someone preach what their method is behind the scenes, what do they take to the pulpit with them, which we talk about in a different episode that will come up soon. And I have other stuff about that, like what you take to the pulpit with you when you preach. In this episode, I want to focus more on his question about outlining, how they decide. Uh, I, I like to think about how they, how do they decide where to begin and end? Do they write on a manuscript or do they just outline the main point? To get started, I will address his question about developing an outline. So these are all the things that I am curious about. When I see somebody preach, I look at them and I think, well, what are they looking at? What is their outline? Are they preaching from a manuscript? Are they preaching from uh, just a couple of bullets? Is it all in their head? Have they just memorized it? All that kind of stuff. So this is important. And by the way, outlining is not just a, a function of the notes that you have with you when you preach. Rather, outlining is the process, the structure that your sermon takes on as you prepare it. So there's two things to keep in mind regarding sermon outlines. Number one, you should outline in a way that fits you. Your method should accommodate your distinct personality, style, and comfort level. By the way, if you hear screaming, it's just my three-year-old fighting with my five-year-old. I'm sure everything will work out. 
style uh, and comfort level. For example, I have never used a manuscript because they would not work with my personality and style, but I know preachers who use them well. The key is to find what works for you. So I personally don't use a manuscript, but you can still apply using a manuscript to this method. So if you're new to this, what a manuscript is, is where you write out in advance every word you're going to say in the message, mostly. You might add to it here or there, but it is paragraph form, every word you plan to say. That's a manuscript. A transcript is a recording, a written record of what you said after the fact. Sometimes people get this confused. They'll say, oh, I'm using a transcript today. No, you're actually using a manuscript. Transcript comes after the fact. Manuscript is a plan. Transcript is a record. But anyway, when people talk about preaching from a manuscript, what they're saying is that, it is the longhand, full form, written out, in advance plan. I do not do that. The reason why I don't do that is because it doesn't work with my personality. I am far too much in the moment where I will plan the key ideas, the thoughts, and some key things I want to say, and I plan the order that I want to say them, and that's where the outline comes in, because the outline is the order, it's the structure, it's the sequencing of the journey I want to take people on. And I do that using a system of triggers and summary, which I, I outline in my book and in my course, and I'll talk about it a little bit in this video. But what I do is I give myself what I need to trigger the thoughts that I have prepared in my study. So. I don't use a manuscript, but if it fits your personality, totally do it and just apply this method or whatever method you want to it. Each sermon is different, so the approach varies. Some sermons are in a series where a major idea is being threaded through each sermon. Other sermons are more standalone topical sermons that deal with a given issue. Still, others may answer a question or explain an aspect of doctrine. So what I'm talking about here is that even though I have a method it can be applied to different types of sermons, but it might be applied differently. So just keep that in mind. Outline in a way that fits you, and each sermon is different, so vary your approach accordingly. So here it is. With those two things to keep in mind, here is my four-step method for outlining sermons. I don't have one method that I use every time. Each sermon calls for something slightly different, but I do have a preferred method that I enjoy using when it fits the sermon. This method did not originate with me. I've adopted it from a variety of techniques that I've observed and read about over the years, which I'll cite those a little bit later. But number one, build tension and create interest. This is a concept that Andy Stanley developed, and I wrote about it in a, a previous article. I've also talked about it on this podcast extensively. But put simply, building tension involves getting my listeners interested in the content before I start teaching it. This takes creativity. It takes hard work to think through exactly how to foster interest in my content. Before I begin teaching through a text, I want to get my listeners on the hook for what I'm about to preach. And so I build tension and create interest. I do this with story. I, I do this with example. I do this with illustration. I might start with something that relates to my life and then broaden out that key principle, that key idea 
to other people with more application and more illustration, which will lead me to revealing my bottom line. And that's where number two comes in, where I resolve the tension with the text, or at least show that the text is an answer to the tension. So after I've built the tension by presenting a problem or a question or a struggle that everyone can relate to, I point to the text for the solution to the problem or the answer to the question. When I present the text as the answer, it teaches people to look into God's word to find answers in life. And this is a key part of this outlining method. Instead of beginning with the text and then trying to kind of uh, work backwards to fit an, an application into it, which is fine. I, what, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is some people will say, in order to honor the text, you have to begin with the text. And I understand what they're saying there. However, I don't do that method because my goal is to get people, it, uh, I, my goal is to get my audience to care about what I'm saying, to have a vested interest in what I'm saying, to feel what I'm saying, to experience what I'm saying, and to have a tension that needs to be resolved regarding what I'm saying. To, to go, I have to know the answer to this question. I have to know the solution. Yes, I have felt that. Yes, that's a problem for me. Oh, it's also a problem for this person. Oh, it's also a problem for you because you told a story about how it's an issue for you or it's a question for you or a struggle or something that you need an answer to. I want them to feel that because I honor the text. And here's why. When we open the Bible, I want them to have this fresh, perspective and this excitement, this anticipation that the text, the Bible is going to give me the answer to this question in life. It's going to resolve this tension in some way. It's going to point me to a solution to this problem that more than ever right now I am feeling and need an answer to. So when we approach the text, we do it with all of the honor that we can. It is the word of God. And it has this backdrop of this tension where everybody in the room is kind of pent up, ready to look into the word of God with a fresh perspective, with a fresh lens to see how it speaks to this issue in life. So that's why I put it in that order. I build attention first and then I go to the text. And number three is I teach and illustrate how to apply the text. So after walking through the text, my goal is to teach how to apply it. This section is where I make my point or points and give illustrations that help make sense of them. This is not a list of possible applications. Rather, my points tend to be action-oriented so that the points themselves are applications. Everything in this section demonstrates how to apply what the text teaches. My aim in this step is to be drop-dead simple and teach how living out the text enables us to experience the hope, healing, answers, or solution that everyone, that everyone was on the hook for at the beginning of the sermon. So there's a lot here, but I want to point out two things. Number one, the points themselves are applications, and the applications are points. What I mean by this is my points aren't just observations of truisms from the text, but they're direct applications of how that text is lived out and fleshed out in their lives. And typically, they all are derived and bolster the bottom line, the main idea, the big point of the day, which is revealed when I get to the text. So I talk through the tension. I really try to get people on the hook for the problem, the question, the tension that's going on. 
then I reveal the bottom line and then go to the text to show how that's lived out, how I teach through it. So let's say let's say that we're going through a, a, a letter of Paul, right? Philippians, let's say that it's Philippians 4, 6 through 8, where he's talking about uh, do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's say that's the text that we're going to teach. Well, if we back up from there, the tension that we're going to build at the beginning of the message is going to have to do with anxiety, right? Anxiety, maybe I'll tell a funny story about anxiety in my life, like kind of maybe light, lighthearted. Then I might broaden it out. Oh, you, you know, you might have worried about this too. Maybe you, you know, you, you spend time worrying about your kids or you worry about, you know, you, you think about the, cat, the catastrophic outcome that could happen. And maybe during that, I might go from being a little bit lighthearted to a little bit more heavy, a little bit more serious, a little bit more true to life as we go through that. And then I'm going to talk about how that all is a tension that we feel. And guess what? All of us have this anxiety that can creep up. And God has something to say about that. God has something to speak to us about that. The word of God actually speaks to this anxiety. So then I might reveal the bottom line, which is going to have something to do with this idea of giving our anxiety to God and getting peace from it. So it might say something like, when, you know, when I'm anxious and I give it to God, he gives me peace. I might work with that, make it a little bit more creative, whatever, but it's going to have something to do with that. When I'm anxious, I give it to God. He gives me peace. So I'm going to reveal that bottom line and I'm going to say, this is what the goal is. This is what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to learn how that when we have anxiety, we can give it to God and he gives us peace. Now let's go see what the, what the scriptures say. That's what I'm going to talk about who Paul is and how he wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote Philippians. He was in prison. He was suffering, but he still found joy. And here we are in Philippians 4 where he's going to talk about even finding joy in the midst of anxiety. And the peace that passes all understanding that comes only from Jesus when we give our anxiety to him. Okay, so as I walk through the text, I'm going to be teaching it and illustrating how to apply it. I'm going to do that in my points that are all going to point back to the bottom line and bolster it, which points back to the text and illustrates and applies it. So again, if any of this is confusing, I go into way more detail in my course, Killer Sermons Academy. You can find it at preachingdonkey.com slash courses. But the point here is that you just want to make sure that as you walk through the text, you are giving, you're not just giving the, the kind of insights from the text. A sermon is different than a lesson, right? Preaching is different than teaching. Teaching is about knowledge transfer. It's about look at these, look at this information, learn this thing. Preaching is about life change. It's about action. It's about application. So don't just make your points, the truisms, the, the, the truth that people need to know, make it the actions that the truth compel them to take. Number four, cast vision and inspire. This is where I cast a vision of what it would look like if we all applied the principle, if we all applied the truth. If In this case, if we all lived with that sense of peace that comes only from giving our anxiety over to God rather than hanging on to it. This involves a painting a picture of how different our church would be if we, or how much freer we'd, we would feel or how much of an impact we can make our, on our community if we all were able to see this truth come alive. So if you put all this together, 
Number one, we're going to build tension and create interest. Number two, we're going to resolve that tension with the text. Number three, we're going to teach and illustrate how to apply it. Number four, we're going to cast vision and inspire. I do this almost every single time I preach and it works. And again, I did not develop this out of thin air. This method is an adaptation of what others have taught. There are two that I should cite because they are similar and they were around first. One is Andy Stanley's method, Me, We, God, You, We. I have a, a video on that. And then the, uh, which he teaches that in Communicating for a Change and the and the book, um, hook, uh, the method Hook, Book, Look, Took from Creative Bible Teaching. If you want to check those out, you can do some further reading on this topic. So that is my take on outlines. There's so much to say here. I have so much content about this. And I know I keep mentioning my courses. I don't do that a whole lot in the podcast. If you want to get them, you can. If not, that's fine. But the reason why I talk about it so much is if you're interested in this topic, the courses are a great place to go. I've got two. One is called Killer Sermons Academy. It's the big one, covers everything. The other one is called Preaching Jumpstart. It's this kind of shorter one that focuses just on writing and delivering a sermon. They're both great. They're both really helpful. Killer Sermons Academy is going to go into way more detail about this topic. So if you're into that, preachingdonkey.com slash courses. Either way, grab the free guide at preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. I will see you in the next episode real soon. Until then, remember if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast.